are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day listening to who? The always wonderful and charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Now, on today's show, we are recapping the last two D-backs games on both Sunday and Saturday. And then we're going to be talking about MLB's plans to crack down on foreign substances. So you're going to want to stay tuned for all that. But first, join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. Every day on Locked On MLB for a unique look at the majors, both present and past, featuring exciting guest interviews, routine check-ins from the Locked On MLB Network's team of local experts, and insightful analysis of the day's biggest stories. Locked On MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe every day wherever you get your podcasts. Now, let's jump right in to recapping Sunday's game. Miller Thomas here on the locker room app. And the D-backs, unfortunately, they get swept by the Milwaukee Brewers. The D-backs this series, they put up four runs in a 4-7 loss in the first game. Lost 1-5 in the second game, 5-7 in the third game. And then tonight, lose 2-0 in tonight's game. At least there was some positivities. Of course, you'd never want to see your offense be shut out. You never want to see your offense get 16 punch out compared to zero walks. That is an absolutely atrocious, atrocious ratio. I know I say that word pretty disgustingly, but D-backs, their pitching was at least solid today. And ESPN, please do not do me dirty with any random sounds, but D-backs at least get a good pitching performance from Caleb Smith today. He was able to go five innings, three hits, one earned run, two walks, eight strikeouts. He looked pretty solid. Got into some trouble in the fourth inning. Had bases loaded with two outs, but was able to escape. The fifth inning, he gave up a solo home run to Daniel Robertson, who was batting one spot ahead of the pitcher position. So, Caleb Smith saw today. You don't like to see the home run given up, but at least it was only a solo home run. Had the runners on the base. Had a, had a couple of few men on in the fourth inning. But outside of that, Caleb Smith was pretty solid today, working the zone, really hitting the corners. He wasn't leaving anything high in the zone for uh, the opposing team to hit. And he looked really solid today, I thought. But this was one of, one of the better Caleb Smith starting pitching performances because Caleb Smith this season you can really make the argument he's been the best D-backs pitcher this season uh out of the bullpen like that's not even really a cap because if you compare his reliever ERA compared to everyone else 
Caleb Smith uh, technically has been the best reliever for the D-backs this season. Let me just double check the numbers. But Caleb Smith has a 2.7 ERA this year as a reliever. And that would be the best on the team. Uh, no one else has a ERA below three unless you count Ryan Buchter was only pitched 3.2 innings out the bullpen. If you count him, then yes, uh, there's two relievers on this D-backs team with the sub three ERA. But really, Caleb Smith, I think, is the only guy when you think of players that realistically qualify uh, for that on this D-backs team. So I've been really impressed with Caleb Smith quietly for what he's done this year. Uh, he was not a guy that I had high expectations for. He was not a guy I had high love for before uh, he was made into a reliever because I didn't think it was going to be that good of a starting rotation member. It proved out in the first start against the Padres uh, in 2019. He led the American League in home runs allowed. So I just did not have a lot of uh, high hope that Caleb Smith was going to be a valuable part of the pitching uh, rotation for the D-backs this season. And that's been kind of true. He has it. But as a reliever, he's been very important for the D-backs this season as he's been arguably the most consistent, reliable reliever for the D-backs out there bullpen this year. And he, he's just been solid all year long. And in today's game, uh, he was once again putting in work. Uh, he had 84 pitches thrown only, so it wasn't even like he was laboring out there. He probably should have gone out for the six because, of course, as we always say with Tori Lovello, he takes his pitches out too early. And what happens? He takes out Caleb Smith after five innings. Riley Smith comes into the six. You get back-to-back -back Smiths, but... Riley Smith, he gives up a home run as soon as he comes into the game. I think off the, I think the second batter he faced had a home run. So that's been my issue with Tori Lavelle this season. You take out your pitchers, your starting pitchers, always too early when they are cruising in a ball game, and then what always happens? The bullpen comes in and usually gives up an earned run or two or three or five. And that's what happened today. Riley Smith gave up an earned run again. It was only one earned run, but. I'm tired of seeing Tori Lovello keep making the same mistake of pulling these guys out way too early when that their pitch count isn't even, you know, at 90. Most of the time, it's not even at 85, just like Caleb Smith today, only at 84. Uh, we've seen, you know, Luke Weaver and uh, Madison Bumgarner be pulled out when they're in the upper 70s, mid-80s for a pitch count. So Tori Lovello definitely needs to keep those pitchers in longer, but... D-backs offense, non-existent. You had uh, uh, an amazing day from Josh Rojas. 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. That's always tough to do. Ketel Marte was probably the bright spot offensively today as he went 2 for 4, raising his average to 382 on the season. Yes, Ketel Marte what, did miss some time. He hasn't played a lot of games this season, but still. To say uh, you're batting 382 on the season is still a phenomenal number. I would love for Ketel Marte to get to a 400 batting average, but that's going to be tough to do. Uh, Carson Kelly, one for four, two strikeouts. I mean, every D-backs player today struck out that was a starting member in the starting lineup today. Everyone in the starting lineup today, you know, entering you know, starting the game, you know where a starting lineup is. I don't really have to belabor that point, but everyone who started today, had at least one strikeout. Of course, some players with multiple strikeouts. I mean, Nick Ahmed, 0 for 3, 3 strikeouts. Ahmed just been absolutely 
not good this year. I didn't want to say atrocious once again, just because it, it's always tough for me to say that word. But Nick Ahmed on the season is now batting 228, a 291 OBP, a 329 slugging. I mean, Nick Ahmed has not been uh, a producer at all at the plate this year. He's still been uh, you no know, above average defensive player for the D-backs, but he's not going to hit anywhere consistently then. He's going to be a tough guy to put in the starting rotation, or not rotation, starting lineup every day. And with Azdrubal Cabrera getting healthy now, I mean, Josh Rojas, he can play some shortstop. He could probably put Cabrera at shortstop. I mean, I, I would think about sitting Nick Ahmed a little bit more consistently, considering the D-backs defense hasn't been that good anyway over the last few weeks. And you're not getting any offense. So if Nick Ahmed's not going to help me offensively and my team defense is not going to be good anyways, I would rather put an offensive player at shortstop uh, just to just to help balance it out because uh, we're not just get we're not getting enough consistent production from our team. And in tonight's game, I wasn't going to expect a big offensive outburst from this D-backs team. Corbin Burns is the real deal. He's a legit, he's an insane pitcher, and uh, he displayed it today. And then after he came out after seven, you have Devin Williams, who Devin Williams has not been that phenomenal this year, only a 4.03 ERA, but we know Devin Williams is absolutely elite as a pitcher. So that to have him come in after Corbin Burns, and then we didn't even see Josh Hader in the ninth today. They elected to go with Boxberger instead, so... After Corbin Burns comes out, if he's going seven innings, if Burns is going seven, you're pretty much got no chance to win a game because then the Brewers throw out Devin Williams in the eighth and then uh, Josh Hader in the ninth, and that's pretty much uh, two shutdown relievers. Even though Devin Williams hasn't been as effective this year, Josh Hader has been arguably the best closer in baseball once again. To see those two guys at the end after facing Corbin Burns for seven innings, it, it's absolutely devastating for a D-backs team who is now 21 games below 500. This D-backs team is absolutely cratering, and there's been a lot of talks about the deadline, but we'll talk some more about yesterday's game, but first... Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Research and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with 4 milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, winter green, cement, and pomegranate. Lucy also has a lasagne with 4 milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors as well cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy Lasandra's and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. And it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lasagnas. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month, so it's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy lasagnas and gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend your pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on MLB Network listeners, go to Lucy.com and use promo code Locked on MLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lasagnas. That's Lucy.com. Use promo code Locked on MLB at checkout. 
Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.com and be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONMLB. Have you guys ever tried Built Bar? Because they have nine delicious flavors, plus the occasional limited time flavor. They got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. So there's a flavor for everyone. The reason why I love Built Bar is because they're healthy. I'm a health conscious guy. I try to go to the gym when I can, and Built Bar tricks me. I think that I'm eating a candy bar, when in reality, I'm actually eating a protein bar that's low in calorie, low in sugar, but high in protein and high in fiber, so it's great for that keto diet. If you go to BuiltBar.com right now, they reset their promo code for this relaunch. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to the pod. I also want to talk about yesterday's game because yesterday's game was a way more fun game to watch than today's game. I hope you guys watched yesterday's game because this was way more entertaining of a watch. This was the game that actually gave you some confidence that maybe the D-backs could win it, but there were still some of the same issues that plagued uh, the team today that plagued them yesterday. And the team today, 0 for 5, were runners in scoring position. But the team yesterday, 1 for 6 were runners in scoring position. So they still weren't able to come through in that department. But they were able to put five runs on the board, courtesy of two home runs by Josh Rojas and a home run by Eduardo Escobar. And the exit velos on those... uh on those uh, balls, you might ask, Eduardo Espar, 106 exit velo. Uh, Josh Rojas had an exit velo of 102 on his Woodrow home run in the first inning. And his other home run, let me see if I can find it real quick. His other home run had an exit velo of 101.3 miles per hour. So definitely some hard hit balls by the D-backs batters yesterday. And this was the game. D-backs came out scoring first with that first inning leadoff home run by Josh Rojas. But then no one scored again to the fourth inning when Josh Reddick had a double off Haven Smith. And they were able to get to Brendan Woodruff just a little bit, who has been absolutely insane this year. Uh, among all qualified starting pitchers, he entered yesterday's game with the best ERA in the National League among starting pitchers. Even better than DeGrom because DeGrom hadn't made enough starts to qualify. So... The the Brewers, Brandon Woodruff, was absolutely phenomenal entering yesterday's game. But the D-backs were able to get to him a little bit, at least for two earned runs and six uh, hits. But still, Woodruff, nine strikeouts, still in the day. D-backs, 14 strikeouts compared to 30 walks, and that's a big issue for them. But Merrill Kelly going against Woodruff, uh, it, it's hard for Merrill Kelly to match that. He was solid in the first three innings but in that fourth inning he started to unravel a little bit gave up three earned runs in that fourth inning still some bad defensive plays and I think in that Saturday's game yesterday's game he saw Toy Lovello round up all his guys in the clubhouse and he absolutely reamed them out because guys remember this is Toy Lovello's last year of his contract he's in a walk year and Toy Lovello I mean I'm sure he wants to keep managing on the big league level I'm pretty sure he likes to pay the salary the experience and he loves baseball so 
Tori Lovello is not trying to get uh, fired by the D-backs. And right now, everyone's talking about it. If you go on Twitter during these games, everyone talks about how the D-backs look lifeless and unfocused. And that's primarily true. And so Tori Lovello had to speak his mind and let the players know that they're playing like crap right now. But at least they were able to put five runs on the board. And after the fourth inning, uh, the D-backs pitching still wasn't good. In the sixth inning, Merrill Kelly was hit around there a little bit by giving up a home run to Adamas. So Merrill Kelly's day, he went six innings at least, but four earned runs, four strikeouts, a home run allowed as well. But he was only responsible for four of the five runs because of some uh, defensive mistakes. But Merrill Kelly's pitching yesterday, he threw 85 pitches. So once again, at least these D-backs pitchers are going could, could go deeper to the ball games as they're not throwing a ton of pitches. Uh, Merrill Kelly only had 85 pitches yesterday, four strikeouts, as I said, four earned runs, six hits. One walk allowed. Merrill Kelly threw mostly fastballs. 36%, 36% of the time he threw fastballs. 31 of his 85 pitches were fastballs. But he mixed up a whole bunch. He had a whole arsenal yesterday. 16 curveballs, 15 sinkers, 14 changeups, and 9 cutters. After his 31 fastballs, he had a pretty even array of different of different pitches as fastball velocity yesterday was around 92 miles per hour so it had pretty good a movement there sinker 91 so he had some pretty hard stuff on some of his pitches so Merrill Kelly even though I don't think he's been that effective as a pitcher this year he's an innings eater and I think that's at least a positive you can say about Merrill Kelly and it could be a big reason why uh, someone at the trade deadline might want to trade for Merrill Kelly because he's not making a ton of money this year Merrill Kelly if I can find it real quick uh, how much Merrill Kelly's making he's making 4.25 million this year so Merrill Kelly isn't making a, a crazy amount of money and for a guy they could know go out there he might give up four earned runs but even if he does give up four earned runs he still might go six innings he could give up five earned runs and still go six innings so that could be something that could be valuable for an MLB team at the deadline depending on what they're looking for if they're looking for a number five starter just to round out their rotation maybe they just want some extra rotation depth maybe a more long reliever kind of guy that could be Merrill Kelly who who if you remember still even though he's like 32 33 years old this is only like his third season in baseball let me see yeah this is only Merrill Kelly's third year in baseball at 32 years old so he, he's still you know by baseball standards is a young guy just because he doesn't have a lot of mileage on his arm so uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see if uh, a team out there wants to go trade for Merrill Kelly at the deadline. And just to finish wrapping up this game, uh, after the D-backs fell down 5-2 to two in the bottom of the 6th, they actually made a rally, surprisingly, in the top of the 7th. You got another Josh Rojas home run. Then you got Eduardo Escobar with his home run. And even though Eduardo Escobar hasn't been hitting for average, hasn't been getting on base consistently has a pretty low obp has a pretty low average it's still been kind of surprising to see how effective he's been as a run producer for the d-backs this season because despite not being able to really hit for average or get on base that much uh eduardo espar currently is third in the national league in 
home runs. And in terms of RBIs, Eduardo Escobar, let me put it back. I don't know why it just filtered out the National League. But now uh, Eduardo Escobar is second in the National League in RBIs as well. So top three in both home runs and RBIs. That's impressive. And considering he hasn't been getting on base or hasn't been hitting for average, that that makes it even more impressive because he has a 466 slugging. So Eduardo Escobar, that Fogo power, has definitely been there for him this season. And it's been nice to see because we know Eduardo Escobar didn't really have much pop last season, 2020. Escobar did not look like himself. He came into camp a little overweight, and we've talked a lot about that on this pod. But so far this season, uh, it's been bittersweet to talk about you know it's been a pretty weird year to evaluate Escobar because you look at that 244 average a 291 OBP and you say this guy uh you know is in a major decline in his career even though he's only 32 years old but you say 466 slugging that's pretty good that would be one of the highest of his career 757 OPS is still above average the league average OPS is like 705 something like that so 757 OPS is slightly above average still 14 home runs he's got eight doubles as well so he's got more doubles than he had in 2020 but he has played more games so far uh in 2021 and already in 2020 but the 14 home runs in 59 games so just four home runs in in uh 54 games in 2020 that's a big difference for the d-backs this season i'll talk a little bit about the mlb banning foreign substances but first i want to talk to you guys about bet online because bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online get all the latest news odds and info for all your sporting needs including mlb nba nhl and all your ufc mma action before the next pitch head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the games as teams prep for their run to the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sportsbook experts promo code locked on all right all right all right let's get back to the pod okay so major league baseball is playing planning to enhance their enforcement of foreign substance rules uh, in June, potentially being rolled out. Uh, I think it's supposed to come in somewhere in June, and apparently umpires are going to be looking way more frequently to make sure pitchers aren't using banned substances. It sounds like uh, pitchers could potentially get 10 game suspensions if they are caught. It sounds like they're going to be uh, monitored multiple times throughout the game to make sure uh, there are no foreign substances being used. I think Major League Baseball really wants to crack down on the competitive advantages. And I guess here are some uh, final possibilities being discussed. Pitchers will be checked randomly by umpires, with every starting pitcher likely to be checked at least two times per start, with officials cognizant of having equipment checks slow a sport in which the pace of play is already thought to be too deliberate. Pitchers might be checked as they walk off the field at the conclusion of an inning. 
One management source estimated that there will be 8 to 10 random foreign substance checks per game. So that's one final possibility. Here's another one. The discussion about penalties has been centered on suspending offenders 10 days without pay. Upon hearing this in a meeting the other day, one owner noted that the MLB Players Association might file a grievance and the broad uh, response around him was that the issue was too important to allow someone to get away with a light penalty. The issue is too important for us now, said one executive. So that is, these are not different possibilities that can happen. These are all possibilities that can happen at one time. They're just different scenarios being discussed. And here's another scenario that can be, that could be implemented when they roll out this plan. Just give me one second. Because ESPN, once again, just doesn't understand that I don't want to hear them in my ear when I'm reading something. But here's the last possibility that could be implemented in this plan. Position players will be subject to foreign substance checks. Although the conversations are around issue, issuing warnings initially to non-pitchers with umpires warning catchers and others to clean up an area of concern. So... Right now, it seems like mostly they're trying to crack down on pitchers using foreign substances, and you can't really blame Major League Baseball. Uh, the spin rate on these balls right now are absolutely out of control. Pitchers are absolutely dominating the sport. If you look at some in, uh, some statistics, some league average statistics right now, the league average strikeout rate is pretty much the same to Nolan, Ryan, Nolan Ryan's career strikeout rate. So basically... Pitchers today, on average, are striking out opposing batters across the league like Nolan Ryan. So imagine that. If you're a batter, every night it's like you're facing Nolan Ryan when it comes to striking you out. And maybe some of that just the philosophy of the position players nowadays wanting to hit more home runs, trying to draw walks, but not doing enough to put the ball in play. Too many home runs, too many waiting for my pitch, and if I don't see my pitch, I'm either striking out or I'm getting a walk. A lot of talk about the three true outcomes, which baseball is trying to change. And this is one way to help bring competitive balance because if pitchers are using foreign substances more, yes, batters allegedly claim, I'd rather pitchers use foreign substances if they can control their pitchers better so they don't get hurt. Yes, that sounds nice in face value and on the surface, but when you're a position player, Getting overmatched every game, I think you're going to change your stance. Yes, they might get better contrip, uh, better control and grip. I think I said contrip. I think I combined the two words. But yes, since they may get better control and grip on the ball, you're less likely to get hit by the pitch. But now you're more likely to be struck out because now these guys can just absolutely dot up the corners of a strike zone and just absolutely put the ball wherever they need it to be and get way more rotation on the ball. So that fastball has now more of a cutter coming with the same velo so it, it, it's way too tough for batters yes i know they don't mind the extra control that a pitcher might have with the foreign substance but i think it gives too much of a competitive advantage to the pitcher because a baseball position player doesn't really have that kind of competitive advantage a foreign substance they can't really use those to help their batting they could take steroids to help increase their power and make the ball fly off their bat 
better, but it, it's harder for a position player to get an advantage outside outside of taking something like steroids or a performance enhancer. Uh, a pitcher, they can use a foreign substance while ever putting anything into their body. They can just throw something on their glove, then touch it up with their hands to get it all on the ball, make it real sticky. There's nothing a baseball player can really do or a position player can really do to to close that gap between the pitcher and the position player. So I'm glad Major League Baseball is taking steps to ensure competitive balance. And they're also doing other things on the minor league level. I think after the foreign substance ban and the harder cracking down on that, I think we're going to see the universal DH come back to baseball next. I think we're going to see the banning of the shift uh, in the next couple years as well. And then I think we're going to see something happen to the mound, either it being lowered. I think ultimately, though, I think it's going to be moved back about a foot. I think that's what they're doing in the Atlantic League right now. Theo Epstein has talked a lot about different initiatives. Major League Baseball is trying uh, trying on minor league levels to make sure uh, the sport can get back to where it was because that the league average right now for batting average is 239 and i think some of the stats of why the the league is being dominated by pitchers i don't know maybe it's more foreign substance but i feel like it's just a little bit of a fluke year too because 2020 some of the league average stuff wasn't as bad as it was this year some of the stuff the past 5 years looks reminiscent to what it was 15 years ago. So even though pitching has been super dominant this year, I don't think it's been that big of an issue the you know through the past three to five years prior to this season. This season seems even more like an outlier year. Uh, maybe it's COVID and all these weird things because if you look at basketball, scoring is out of control this season uh even more than the even more than how it's been the last few years the efficiency the points per 100 possessions it's been out of control the amount of guys that are scoring 20 in the basketball season this year is way more than even what it was five years ago so maybe just overall in sports with covid it has really just uh you know affected the fundamentals of the game the the roots of the game and uh, maybe it, it it's been affecting it in a way that's not really tangible for us to see and maybe it will correct itself uh, over the next two years as we come out of this pandemic and we move back to normal life uh, i i just think you know, these couple of years in sports as a whole, I, I think it's just been unprecedented. And we've seen so many weird, fluky things that we don't normally see uh, when, of course, when we're not in a pandemic. So I'm glad baseball is cracking down on the foreign substance because we definitely need to bring more action into the sport of baseball. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Dimebacks podcast. Remember, you know the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Braskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!